Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. I had one of the best weeks of prayer and fasting I've ever had in my life this past week. Just me personally, just me personally. Just so many blessings and breakthroughs that God has done. Whenever you put the flesh in his place, how many know that's worth celebrating right there? But God began to move in, in areas in my life and just gave me such a heightened sense of awareness of his presence. It was amazing. Like all through the day, I would just stop and, God, you're right here with me. And begin to talk with the Lord. How many else received some sort of breakthrough or blessing this, through the week of prayer and fasting? Your hand. Many have told me, amen, that's awesome, amen, let's keep it going. And I want to start off this year with a couple of messages look, talking about David's mighty men. You guys know David's my guy. It's where I go. And this is just a mindset of where I've been. Ben is, is, is to, like been in battle and how to overcome and be the... So I looked at these mighty warriors and looked at it as like a leadership series. I haven't done any leadership series on Sundays, but this is just where I'm coming from. I feel like a general today standing in front of an army wanting to stir you up today to go get what God said you can have. That's the anointing, that's the mindset. If you, if, if you need to find where I'm at in this series and where I want to go in the next couple of weeks is to stir your hearts to go and be bold and courageous. Be bold and courageous and do what God said you can do and you're going to have what God said you can have and become what the Lord said you can become. This is like a foundational series. He call it Secrets to Success, and then we're looking at David's Mighty Men in 2 Samuel 23. Let me just show you how awesome these guys were. They're in the Bible in two different places. They're in the First Chronicles as well. And I just want to show you a glimpse of how mighty these men were, how awesome they were. And we're really going to dive deeper into the, even the historical stories of these men and gladiators throughout history. Because if you haven't discovered yet, when you serve the Lord, you, you enlist in an army. Jesus said, you are either for me or against me. In other words, there, it's impossible to remain neutral in the kingdom of God. You are either for me or you're against me. And those that are, that are with me, he says, you're going to suffer violence, but the violent ones will take it by force. And so the uh, reason why David had a, these warriors is because people would attack Israel. People would attack what God was blessing. And the enemy always attacks what God anoints. You guys are awake. I know it's a cold morning. The enemy will always attack what God anoints, what he's wanting to do. And so they would attack David. So David had to make these warriors, these men into warriors, and they became amazing. And the second reason why I want to preach these messages, because this is the best part of the Bible, if you ask me. It's amazing, especially if you're a dude. If you're a female, you're going to get something out of it too. Uh, and you may say, Pastor Reddy, I'm not really a leader. Listen, everyone is leading somebody. You could be a single mom. Guess what? You're a leader. We are called to make disciples. In order to make disciples, you've got to be a leader. Some of you are mentoring other people. All of us are leaders, and many of you just don't know it yet. And so we're going to learn some things over the next few weeks about this, whether you own your own business, you're a single mom or a teenager. You got to, first of all, we've got to learn to lead ourselves. But God has got more for us, more in 24. Come on, amen? 
and, and I mean more of his presence, more of his love, more of his peace, more of his power, more of his anointing, more souls coming to see the Lord, coming to know the Lord. Just, just a couple of verses of how awesome these guys were. 2 Samuel 23, verse 8. 2 Samuel 23, verse 8. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Joshua Bathshebeth, the Tacomite. Of course, these are old his Hebrew names, and so they're real fun. But he was chief among the captains. He was called Adino, which means the one who sits in the seat. Okay, so this is the man. Adino the Esnite, because he had killed 800 men at one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. I don't think you made fun of this guy, though. He was the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle. And the men of Israel retreated, but he arose and he attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. And the Lord brought about a great victory that day. And the people returned after him only to plunder. And after him was Shammah. Let's just do one more. Shammah. I just love saying his name. That's the coolest name ever. Shammah. He's the son of Agi. The Philistines gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. But he sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. Everyone else retreated, but he sought the Lord. He stood his ground. Look what he did. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Can the Lord say in 2024, put your name in there. Everything else was falling apart, but, but you stood. Nikita stood their ground. Jackie stood her ground, but Tanya stood her ground, but Ladon stood his ground. Put your name in there. Everything else was falling apart, but you stood your ground, and you defended what the Lord said you can have, and the Lord will bring a great victory in your life. You believe that? You believe that? Thank you, Jesus, for your word. In Jesus' name, I pray your blessing upon our time together as we look into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated. Let me get right into this. So some of you might, at this time and point, after everything I just said, maybe you are in such a battle in a, in a time of your life where it's hard for you to see yourself as one of these warriors. And, and maybe you see that I, I started to jump right in with these, with these warriors, and the Lord said, no, 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 you got you to gotta bring some folks with you. So let me just stop on, on this and for a few minutes talk about if you don't see yourself as one of these warriors, maybe you did not have a great week of fasting and maybe you didn't even fast. Maybe the flesh just beat you up all week. I don't know where you are in this, but seeing a, hearing a story like this does seem like something that is more entertaining than a reality for you. Well, then today's message is for you because I want you to see yourself here in these men, these men that I just described. There's a whole chapter and we're gonna to get to them later next week and so did some great exploits for the Lord. But when we're first introduced to these people, these mighty men, we're introduced to them in 1 Samuel 22, and this is on the screen. You can write it down if you're taking notes, though, because you can go back and look at these scriptures. These mighty men with a hand, you know, stuck to the sword and killed 800 people with his sword, with his spear and his troop. This is how we're introduced to these great warriors David, therefore, departed from there, it says in 1 Samuel. He departed, and he's, he escaped to the cave of Adullam. Now, David has his own story going on right now. 
David was being mentored and trained to be a king. He was anointed king. He was going to be the, he is the next king, but his mentor who was training him right in the middle of training him, turned on him, got jealous of him and began to attack him, throw spears at him and chase him away. That's how his life is going. He thought by now he would be at this level and, and be ruling the kingdom. I mean, he had Samuel come and anoint him. He thought by now he would be ruling Israel and all that, but he's living in a cave. So maybe you, when you, you think of the scriptures of being a warrior and stuff, maybe that's kind of more like your story. Maybe you see yourself more in this scripture as, you know, I thought by now I would be fill in the blank, fill in the blank, fill in the blank. So this is David. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. His family, thank God for family. They came there to have his back and bring him some food. Watch this. Here's the mighty men that we just read. Are you ready? Here's these mighty men in the very beginning. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontented, disgruntled, that word is also bitter. They, came, they gathered together to David. So David became captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. I just want today to talk about the God of the underdogs. That's what I want to, I want to just preach this for a few minutes to you to kind of give you, I, I want to bring everybody together up to that place where these warriors were, but first let's start from where they began. You might find yourself more in this passage of scripture being in debt. I ain't going to ask you to raise your hand. <laughs> By the way, when you were in debt in this culture, you owed money, you were a criminal, you were wanted. It was not a good thing. It's not a good thing ever to be upside down in our finances, but these guys were so in debt. When you, when you owe people money, they come take possessions, even your children in this culture today. So when it says they were in debt, it's a big deal. They had nothing. They were bitter toward life. They were disgruntled. They were discontented. And they gathered together to David. And over the next... Several years, these men went from busted, broken, disgusted, the underdogs of society that no one wanted, that no one said anything good would ever come out of these guys. The throwaways, the misfits, the ragtag group, these men became those warriors that we just started off reading a minute ago. Historians even will tell us, and I'll show you this later, how these these warriors were some of the most deadliest and powerful deadly uh, warriors throughout our history. I mean, I look back at ne uh, Napoleon, Sp Spartan, all that. I'll, I'll show you this in coming up in, in the weeks. These were everyday, common people. But God took them for where they were and made them into these elite warriors. Why? Because God is the God of underdogs. What is an underdog? Okay, an underdog is a competitor thought to have little chance of winning a fight or contest. So maybe this year, some of the things you heard me say already about being you know, in control and God blessing you this year and getting all that, maybe you already feel like you have no chance. You're an underdog. And if you feel like you're an underdog, you're in good company. Because I'm gonna show you that these guys were in there, but also God picks underdogs. And then I'm gonna give you a couple of things real quick of what these guys did and what you and I can do to go from an underdog to an overcomer. To go from an underdog to an overcomer. Are you with me? Come on, get in there. Come on, get in there with me. Amen. But first, let me show you. Everyone loves the story of underdogs. Even, let's go back, have a little fun with this, even Hollywood. The original underdog, if you remember the cartoon. 
from the 60s and 70s. This is the original underdog that many of us grew up. Have no fear, underdog. Okay, y'all, Saturday morning cartoons, remember that. Yeah, he was the guy. He was just a shoe shiner during the day, but when there was a crime or evil, he would go into a phone booth and he would turn into this underdog. I love, those were real cartoons, by the way. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, no, I know, I, I try to, I'm trying to get my grandson into, into these new cartoons. I'm like, I don't even understand what's happening there, you know. So we got to go back on YouTube and he's at that point anyway. So anyway, so. Everyone loves these. If, it, if it's the cartoon, or how about Rocky Balboa? Come on, let me just show you. Go down. Let, let, let's, uh, okay, Rocky Balboa, he's the kid from the Bronx, right, from New York. He teaches us that you don't have to be extremely gifted to become the best at something. All you need is determination, Rock. That was his coach. Remember that? You don't got to be the most talented. You don't got to be the most good-looking, the most financial person and blessed or whatever. All you need is determination. These are underdogs. These are top sellers, blockbuster hits in Hollywood that we all relate to. Love Rocky Balboa. And if you want to see a team come together who were all misfits but did the impossible, you would have remembered Cool Runnings, the amazing true story. The amazing true story of a Jamaican bobsled team. Yeah, Jamaican bobsled team who both trained and competed in the 1988 Winter Olympics. I love movies that are based on true story. That's just amazing. They show us that breaking barriers and you can do the impossible by becoming the first Caribbean country or tropical country to be Compete in bobsled competition. Great movie. It was also John Candy. It was awesome. He was one of my favorite actors. Speaking of underdogs, I was going to show you Rudy, the classic football movie guy of, of Rudy, of the guy that was said he was too small and he, he's not going to be able to play football. And if you ever watched that movie at the very end, the star player in a big game gets injured and everybody starts rooting. Rudy. If you didn't, get, if you didn't cry in that movie, your wood's wet. I'm just telling you. But let me just throw this in here, and then we're going to get right back into preaching. Speaking of underdogs, can I tell you that the Detroit Lions, you know I had to throw it in today. I just had, I just had to throw it in today. The Detroit Lions, those that don't understand the context of what the big hype is in Detroit and in Michigan and all across the country, is the Detroit Lions is one of the only football teams in history to go an entire season and not win one game. True. And here we are a few years later, they're now NFC champs and hosting our first playoff game tonight. Okay, let's give it up for them Lions. That's it, and we'll jump back into it. ESPN, by the way, makes so many scriptural references, they owe copyright money to God like big time because they always use the David and Goliath, the underdog perspective in just about every one of their stories. You'll hear it even tonight when you watch the game. They'll start off. Hopefully it's not Joe Buck and... Uh, my man from Dallas, but whoever is not in the game, but we're praying for a win. But listen, those are all great stories. Even if you don't like sports, even if you don't like Rocky Balboa, you can relate to many of those stories. But I want you to know that that's what God also does. Let's bring it into the scripture. God specifically picks people differently than the way we pick people. If you look through the word of God, these were all underdogs. These were all people that weren't feeling like they were qualified to do what God's called him, them to do. Abraham being the father of faith. Do you know that Abraham, the father of faith, comes from a family of idol worshipers? 
Abraham's father was an idol worshiper. They were not a Christian church family raised in Sunday school. They were pagan worshipers of, 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 of the enemy, of the devil, really, if you believe that, that there are spirits behind false religions, which there absolutely are. But yet God chose an idol worshiper, hear me today, and made him the father of faith, Sarah as well all through the word of God. Moses was an orphan child with a stuttering problem, but yet God used him to deliver his people from Pharaoh and became Moses, the man, underdog. Gideon was the least of his family when God said, you mighty man of valor, you're gonna have a great year in 2024. Put, put that into context. Gideon's response was, what you talking about, God? I'm the least of my people. And if you're all that, and if you can do all these miracles, then why is all these bad things happening in my life? Do you feel like that? And I love what the angel said to Gideon. He didn't even give him an answer and sit down and have a counseling session with Gideon. He said this. He said, go in the strength that you have left. Let me tell you, River of Life, in 2024, if you've had a pretty tough ending to 2023 or you're starting off in battle in this year, Continue to go, listen, in the strength you have left. That's all God wants. That's all God is asking. Don't lay down and quit. Continue to fight. Tell somebody next to you, keep fighting. Tell the other person next to you that don't look so friendly, keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Come on, everybody say, keep fighting. Keep seeking the Lord. Because I saw the Lord and he heard and he answered, right? All the way up, David again, he was the, a shepherd boy, the lowest class in society, on and on and on. God loves underdogs. So how did they do this? Let me give you a couple of things. How did they turn it around? How did these mighty men go from distressed, disgruntled, in debt, down and outers, the misfits, the nobodies, to being one of the most fierce warriors in the Israeli history army and even of the world. They did a few things, studied their life, and I've been studying, I'm gonna bring some of these, these things out. Number one, first thing you write this down is you gotta, it starts with recognizing that you need others. Okay, we're not going from a solo type perspective. This is point number one. You have gotta recognize if you're gonna be an overcomer in 2024, you need others. Tell the person next to you, say, you better get comfortable if this is your first time River of Life talking to the person next to you. Amen. And I know we got some empty seats today, so those of you at home got to help me. Tell the person next to you, I need you. And tell them, say, you need me. Yeah, hey, you need me. That's, that's how it is. We, we, and, and let me just tell you, sometimes God will allow certain things to happen in your life that will chase you to somebody else. As we find in David in the cave. David recognized that in order to do what God's called him to do, he needed to these men. And these men also recognized for them to do what God's called them to do, they needed a leader. They needed David. And I love that we have that David's family came to him. 
And it was cool that David didn't just settle for his family because many of us would say, yeah, I got my family, I got my circle, I got my tribe, I got my friend, I got the... No, no, but David said, I know I got my family, but I realize that God has also put me into a larger context. Hear me, River of Life. And I got gifts, I got abilities, I got experience, I got things in me that even though I don't feel like sharing, I don't really feel like being used like that, I realize that they need me as well. And so I'm saying, come on, guys, I'm, let me be captain of this group. Many of you have gifts, talents, and abilities, and we're starting a new year. Let me tell you, the Bible tells us in the New Testament that God puts a body together. He puts every person that's in this building and watching online. The Bible says in Colossians and in 1 Corinthians that he has placed you in a body. He's put you here. Tell the person next to you, it's been a minute now, elbow them, say, God has put me here, and God has put you here too. That's what the Bible says, that God has himself, it says God himself has placed in the body every part, some that are comely, some that are not. In other words, some that are eyes and ears and mouth and hands and, and feet. Those are, those are the big part, body parts that move the body. But you know, there's a whole bunch of things on the inside that you can't see that is very vital and important to me standing up here preaching to you. I got a heart that's going like this because I'm full of two cups of coffee and adrenaline. <laughs> I got kidneys, I got liver, I got, I got all kind of stuff in here in my, in my body, muscles, sinews, veins, and all neurons, all this stuff, just like you do. Listen, God said that's the same way with the body. You may not be up here preaching. You may not be doing, you know, traveling the world or singing, but listen, God wants to use you in life group ministry. God wants to use you in River Kids. God wants to use you in some of these other new ministries and all over. He's got a place for you and I to help lead others deeper in their faith to God. I ain't getting no amens on this snowy day in January. Come on, come on. I know we're going to pray in just a minute. I told you it was an awesome week this week. God really just began to do some awesome things even with our township. And as we approach um, Vision Sunday, I'll be talking more about it. By the way, Vision Sunday is going to be the first Sunday in February. And we have water baptisms and things like that. That's going to be our Vision Sunday on the first Sunday in February this year. But God has opened the door to us, and there's going to be a new ministries this year. One of them I'm very excited about. If you've got a heart and you want to work with first responders and help people recover and come off of addiction, I've got a ministry for you. And so we'll be, we already begin praying about it, if that's you. And uh, it's going to be amazing. It's a program coming here to our township, and they've picked our church, and we have the privilege of being a part of this. So God is doing some things. So already begin to pray. God, I'm telling you, he did a lot of good things. But every good leader realizes that they need help. Every good leader realizes that they need help. If Jesus needed a circle, in fact, he didn't need him, but he needed it to carry out his mission on earth. If he needed a circle, you and I need a circle. And a, a leader will say, you know what? I need other leaders around me. I need other people around me. I need some other people. Scripture, you guys know this, Proverbs 27, iron sharpens iron. So one person sharpens another. Iron sharpens iron. So watching YouTube videos sharpens you. Texting my friend sharpens you. I love what First John says. I've delighted to see you face to face. 
I've longed to look forward to seeing you face to face. There is something, YouTube's great, live stream's great, texting's great, we got virtual life groups, that's all good, but there's something that is able, that happens in the mentoring and in the development of discipleship. Discipleship only happens at the pace of fellowship. Discipleship happens at the pace of fellowship. When you sit down and you talk with people and you, and you open up and you listen and you learn and, you, and you're able to talk and put input, that is how we grow and are developed as followers of God. The first problem in the Bible, what was the first problem in the Bible? Everyone would say Adam and Eve ate of the fruit. No, that wasn't the first problem. The first problem in the Bible was isolation. God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Did you hear me? Now, everything God did in the Bible was on purpose, was to teach us. And that he's teaching the first lesson. Let me reframe it like that. The first lesson we learn in the creation story is that it's not good to be alone. It's not good to be alone. Tell the person next to you, you still listening? I still need you. I still need you. This is what you need in your circle. I tell people this all the time. Write this down real quick. We're, we're moving toward it. We're moving toward it. This is what you need. You, everybody needs this in your circle from looking at the scripture. You need an elder who will enlighten you and empower you. You need an encourager who will build you up, who believes in you. David had a Jonathan. You got to have that. And th these, the, the first two was one person. Listen, you don't need, these are not just, oh, it doesn't mean that these are four different people. You can have two in your circle, and all four of these come from just those two. You need an empathizer. You've got to have somebody you enjoy life, somebody you like to watch a football game with. Amen. Come on, somebody. You've you got to have somebody that you like to go hunting with. You've got like to go shopping with or knitting. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Cooking, baking. You've got to have a – back in my day when I was scuba diving, I, I was just talking about that with one of our police officers, and – it's amazing to go scuba diving. If you've ever done it, I recommend it. I know you can do it on vacation now. But back in the 90s, I got certified to be a diver. I worked at a marina. It's a long story. But the very first lesson they teach you in scuba diving, scuba diving is you never dive alone for obvious reasons. But, and I love what they said. It's even funner when you got somebody else with you. Let me just tell you, you can't do life alone. And it is funner when you get somebody with you. How many are those people that when you experience something really fun and cool, you got to go tell somebody, have them come see? How many other, others can do it all by yourself and don't say nothing to nobody? That, that's, that's, there's some of you, amen. My wife's kind of that way. She, she can enjoy it and she's like, cool. I'm like, come, everybody, everybody's invited, come. You know, I just, that's how we are. God put us together. It's great marriage. Amen, help us. 31 years. I'll get to something here in a minute. Anyway, you need these four people. You need an elder. You need somebody who's been there, done that. You raising kids? You need somebody that's raised some kids. You can't learn everything on YouTube. You can't learn everything in those books. You need, these are a circle. This is something we need. Maybe you were missing this last year. You got the Bible. You pray in the Holy Spirit. You know about doctrines and all that, but you ain't got nobody to pass off the anointing or to mentor or to train or to teach. Or you got nobody in your life that's pouring into you, that's coming alongside of you. If you want to go further and do greater things for God this year, we all need what I'm talking about today. You need an encourager to build you up because life is going to beat you down. Did you hear me? You need somebody that's going to believe in you and say, yeah, you know what? You can do it. You can do it. You can keep going. I had you on my mind today. I'm just shooting this text to you saying, hey, you want to meet up for coffee? 
an empathizer, an exhorter, someone that challenges you. You need them people too. That won't just coddle you, but will challenge you and say, hey, this is a new year. You know, I saw that post on Facebook the other day. Let's talk about that. What's going on, brother? You ain't been in church in weeks. What's going on? And let me be honest with you. We need those kind of people that's be like, you know what? Can I even say this? I noticed during worship, you sit like this the whole time for six weeks. What's been going on, bro? How come you ain't worshiping? What's going on? They're shouting louder at home than they are in this place this morning. I'm telling you. If we want to grow, if we want to go from the cave to being this warrior and, and ending the year on top, we're going to need to have some of these conversations. We're going to need some people in our circle that say, hey, I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to build you up. But I'm also here to tell you, we got to get rid of some of this stuff in you. You're going into a new year. You're wanting to go into a new season. We got to let God adjust some of those attitudes, adjust some of these behaviors, adjust some of these things, right? Because God's got more for you. Hey, your neighbor said you got to give up to go up. Come on, somebody. You got to give up to go up. That's worth telling somebody. Give up to go up. That's what God's talking about. Amen. What else did they do? What else did these men do? We're about ready to pray. God's going to bless us here and, and strengthen us and empower us here. Right here's the word, though. What else did these men do? You notice that they first realized that they, they needed somebody. David even said, I, I, I need some folks. Come on. So they started by coming together. We ain't going to be beating up the devil all by ourselves running around here. Talking about, yeah, what, what does the scripture say? One can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. See that power of agreement? Every, Jesus sent them out two by two. Everywhere you go, the, the, there is a, a company. And the next thing they did, let's move on here. I love what this is. First Chronicles 12, 18 tells us that then the spirit came upon a Messiah. This is one of the chief of the captains. This is a little, this is right after he got them all together. And they said, oh, David, we are on your side. O oh, son of Jesse, peace, peace to you, and peace to your helpers, for your God helps you. So David received them and made them captains over the troop. What? I want you to write this down. Promotion always follows commitment. Promotion always follows commitment. I know they were real sexy and exciting, but that is truth. They came to David, and they said, David, you know what? We're going to commit to you because I see God's hand on your life. I see that your God helps you, and you know what? We are going to be with you. We are, we are joining teams with you. Can I tell you that David in the Bible is a type of Jesus? So whenever we commit to Jesus, the more we commit to Jesus, the more he begins to strengthen us in every area of our life. Because promotion cometh from the Lord, but promotion always comes after commitment. Second Chronicles, the Lord says this, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those. How many want to be strengthened for this new year by God? Yeah. Strengthen those whose hearts are. Y'all can read it. Up there, over there, on your phone, in the Bible. Fully committed. Tell your neighbor, say, Pastor Eddie ain't making this stuff up. It's in the book. For the eyes of the Lord go to and fro looking for 
who he wants to. God is in heaven saying, I'm wanting to infuse you with more strength than Rocky Balboa. I'm wanting to give you more speed and unity than the bobsled team from Jamaica. I'm wanting to have you have supernatural power more than a cartoon dog. I want you to be able to drive out the evil in your family, to overcome temptation, to when you get out of bed in the morning, every devil in hell shakes and is afraid, and you walk in the anointing and the peace of God everywhere you go. The favor of the Lord is upon you. It's not a song. It's a lifestyle. The anointing of God is infused on the inside of you. It's not a song. It's a reality. How many want it? How many want it? If you want it, you got to go get it. Can I tell you that? You got to be committed, fully committed. Anything worth having Anything worth having always comes after commitment. Marriage? You really want to get serious, fellas? You've been dating for eight or nine years? Come on, marry him. Come on, somebody. Amen. Let me just help you in Jesus' name. What else are you questioning by then? We got to have some talks. But marriage, what? Commitment comes. Everything worth having comes after commitment. You going to have kids? Better be committed. <laughs> You can't even buy a new house unless you sign on the dotted line. Commitment. You think you're going to walk in there and one of, we got some awesome realtors. You think you're going to walk up to Rob Sherman and say, hey, I want to buy that house down the street. And he's like, okay, here's the keys. How bad do you want it? I want it real bad. Okay, here you go. Here's the keys. If that would happen, we'd already be living out here, right, Rob? Amen. That don't happen. You got you to gotta show something that you are able to commit and you even got to improve. We know this thing. So why is it when it comes to the God of heaven that we think God's not going to do the same thing? Oh, he's, he's not looking for perfection. God is just looking for commitment. I love Ken Blatcher. Let me give you this leadership thing. There's a difference. He writes in the book called One Minute Manager. It's awesome. He said there's a difference between interest and commitment. When you are interested in doing something, you do it only when it's convenient. But when you're committed to something, you accept no excuses. I know some folks that are committed to beat that video game. You'll stay up for three days. You're going to beat that level. Back in my day, it was, you know, we used to have Zelda. We had those quest games. And my buddy was all into that. He would stay up. I'd stay up with him a little bit. I wasn't into it. Like, he'd go for three days. I said, you leave this room yet? No. It smells like it, bro. Get out of the room. I got to beat this board. He guy would sleep, you know, drinking Mountain Dew. That's for energy drinks. Drinking that Mountain Dew? Committed. We get committed. I got to make uh, six figures this, this year. I'm committed, boss. I'll be here every Sunday. God is saying, I'm in heaven looking who can I strengthen because my strength and my blessing is valuable. I don't give it out to anybody. I want to make sure you're committed. Ladies, let me just give you a little marriage seminar, dating thing. Just because you put a ring on it don't mean it's going to get any better. You need to look for a guy like Jesus is looking for a guy that's already committed. You need to look for a guy or look for a gal who's already walking with the Lord. I ain't getting no amens in this church today. Well, if I date them, they're going to really get serious. If they ain't serious now, they ain't got to be perfect. They got to be at least know the Bible and got a prayer life. Come on, somebody. I'm just trying to help you. We all know that, that don't wait to after. You already look for that. God is looking for 
that commitment from us. Let's be more committed, River of Life. Let's be more committed, 2024, to our prayer life. Let's be more committed to our reading. I scream every week about this thing. Why? Because it works. I sat there with our officials and our police this past week. It was an honor to sit in there with the, all the higher-ups talking about this program. And I was just going to be there to talk to, have a side meeting after the people that were representing this new thing going to do their spiel. I was sitting in the back. I was waiting to make my exit. And Jason, our chief of police, says, Oh, Eddie, you want anything to say? It's our chaplain. Why don't you stand up and address the crowd? Got to be ready in season and every season. And we were talking about being clean and sober. Is it possible for someone to come off of drugs and alcohol and really turn your life around? That was the debate of the room. Because many are skeptics. There are so many people, even the church hasn't done a pretty good job in showing victory. I don't got time for that one. I love what CC Winans put out the other day. She lo- I love that girl. So is my grandson. She's the only one that gets both his hands up when she's on there worshiping. She came out and she said, I, I, listen, I don't know what's going on in the gospel singing world, but I'll tell you this, you got my commitment. I'm going to live holy before the Lord God Almighty. I watched that video. She said, I'm going to live holy. We've got a response. She was just preaching to the gospel community. I said, preach, sister, preach. And she's talking about we need to walk with respect and integrity if we want the anointing of God. Preach. I stood up in that room and just told them how God has delivered me and change is possible. But I said, you got to want it. And I said, I am a pastor, so here it comes. I believe transformation only happens with faith in Jesus Christ. And I just begin to go into a whole conversation about Jesus never came to start a religion, but to show us how to have a relationship with God. And that brings true change in everybody's life. We went from seven minutes, 25 minutes later, I had people in there getting emotional with tears in their eyes coming up to me saying, that was amazing. Might even be here today if the roads weren't so bad. But if you're watching, God bless you. He's got a plan for your life. It's the same God of David. It's the same God of Pastor Eddie. It's the same God that'll do it for you. He is no respecter of person. He is Jehovah God. He is Jehovah God. And all he's looking for is somebody to be committed to him and to say, Lord, I will commit my life to you. Let's be more committed to prayer this year. Let's be more committed to the word of God this year. Let's be more committed in getting involved this year. I love seeing people in Grove Track this morning. God bless you, Tim and Patty. Got to meet the new family coming out in this weather. Came early to go to Grove Track to join the church. God bless you. Amen. It's amazing. Thank you. That encourages me. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. Come on. I'll keep preaching for three hours. Come on up, worship team. I sought the Lord. And the last thing I want you to write down, because i got to move on to something the next week. God looks at a heart. Man looks at a title. And I'll really have to go a little deeper. I had, I had some good stuff in there with Elijah and Elisha that I'll have to jump into next, next week. But I think there's enough that I said today that the Lord is already working in your life. Some of you, you just need to realize you need others in your life. You've got walls around you. And I know people might have hurt you, and it's hard to trust people again. Maybe churches have hurt you, and it's hard for you to trust again. Churches aren't perfect because they're made up of people, and people aren't perfect. 
but I tell you one who is, it's Jesus. And one of the tests that we gotta relearn throughout life, church, is to keep trusting. Even though we might've been hurt or let down, gotta let people in that circle, let others in your circle, and you reach out to others and see if you can get in that circle because everybody needs these people. And secondly, commitment. Where's your commitment level, guys? Where are you on that? If you're on fire for the Lord and man, you're like, yes, then you're ready to move on to the sword stuck to your hand kind of talk. You're ready to talk about, you know, jumping into a pit and fighting a lion on a snowy day. That's the next chapter. That's Benaniah. Where do we get to him? But some of us, if I'm honest, we haven't even prayed in three weeks. We haven't read our word and I don't know how long, Pastor Eddie. Really, only time when you read it here, that's, that's really it. And let, let me just tell you, I'm not getting on you. I'm, I'm just being in that circle. I'm being the, the exhorter saying, we're going into a new year. The world is on fire. I know we're talking about go lions tonight. And that's kind of a skate for me, but go over to the news media and see what's going on over there in the Middle East and around the world. Jesus said this thing's going to continue to happen. Listen, we, well, my point is this. We've got to be as close to the Lord now than we can ever be. Now's the time. Today's the day of salvation. Now is the time. And if you are in a battle, like everybody here just about raise your hand. Let's get some victory today. Let's get some prayer today. Let's begin to worship the Lord. Come on, stand to your feet with, with me. Those of you that are at home, we're going to turn this right now back into an altar service. And we're going to get committed to the Lord. We're going to respond and say, yes, Lord, I need, I need to get into the circle. I need to get into your body a little bit more. Father, I pray, use me, help me. And Lord, I'm going to commit my commitment levels coming up. Lord, I am going to be in the word. I, I am a little bit more. And then begin to raise those hands. And if you are in a battle right now, this is how we're going to give the devil a black eye is you begin to worship in the middle of your battle with that lump in your throat. You've been hit. I know you've been hit. Maybe you're like these guys coming to David in the cave, distressed, all of that. Well, he got them together. They were committed, and he began to lead and show them. And I'm going to show you this. He taught them how to worship and trust God. He showed, David showed them how to do that. So let's do that right now in this place. We're going to sing this song. And if you are in the battle like you had, lift those hands up to the Lord. Lift those hands up to the Lord. Come on. Jesus. Jesus, if you want to come up to the front, listen, these altars are open. In fact, if you are in the battle, come on up to the front, will you? Just pack these altars in. Come on, if you lifted your hand, I want, I want, to, I want us to worship together to, in this church more and more. Come on, come out of your seat. You lifted your hand, you're in the battle. Come on, let's, let's start off victoriously. Those of you that are at home, just turn that volume up a little bit. If you can, get into this worship. Begin to worship with us. Come on. Jesus. Yes, come on. Come on, sing that. Sing that. Jesus. For fails.
Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.